0: sports radio 104.3 the fan every saturday morning it's terry wickstrom outdoors terry takes you inside the outdoors you know hunting fishing camping it's terry wickstrom outdoors now celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to colorado radio here's
1: terry wickstrom good morning everybody it is well it was a beautiful sunny morning when i was Driving down, we got some smoke or haze, which is supposed to clear up. I have uh, Brad Peterson in studio with me this morning. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know, this haze might be good for what we're going to talk about. The ducks might be flying low.
2: I, You know, that would be a great thing come fall.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk. If you were watching our Facebook page, you should follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And you know what's going to happen on this show. We're going to talk a lot of waterfall today, so if you've got friends or yourself, if you're into duck or goose hunting or you want to get into it, we're going to cover a lot of it. We'll talk a little bit of fishing and a little bit of other hunting and shooting during the course of the show, but the main focus of the show today is going to be waterfall. We've got, got some great guests. Who do we got joining us?
2: Um, outside of some of your local guests, we've got uh, Corey Cogdall or Cory Unrein now, I guess, now that she's married to Mitch, the ex-Bronco. Uh, she's a two-time Olympic medalist trap shooter who's going to be on in the second hour, giving us some tips on how to improve your shotgun shooting.
1: You think I, that might even work for me? You never know. Yeah, there's um, there's limits.
2: There there's limits on your shotgun shooting. Your yeah. your pistol shooting is is definitely. Uh, leaps and bounds, I think, above your shotgun shooting. Probably,
1: probably. So we'll, um, that'll be great. And then uh, Tim
2: Grounds, who's uh, a world famous caller, is going to join us. Caller and call manufacturer. And he has spent some time out here hunting Colorado waterfowl. So he's real knowledgeable about waterfowl all over the country, but has personal experience about the hunting in Colorado.
1: Yeah, we're going to have, like I said, we're going to talk a lot of waterfowl. Before we Get Jump right into the waterfall, though. I know you were out because we talked on the phone yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of people looking for a place to fish today. You went out on Boyd. How would you do? What's going on? What are you hearing?
2: Well, like, like it's been talked about the last few weeks, the fall bite is starting. The water temperatures have dropped down into the low 70s. I would expect uh, by this time next week, we might even be seeing some of the 60s. So the fish are really starting to concentrate up. What you need to do is... Use your electronics. Spend some time on that. Once you're able to find fish, then it's more of that reaction bite right now. There's a lot of food out there, so use some sort of a reaction lure and did pretty good. Got uh, probably 25 walleyes, a couple bass, uh, and then a a white bass. The white bass are really picking up up void too.
1: A couple of things. I want to—well, now three because you mentioned the white bass. I love those white bass, but— Uh, The people don't realize, because we're still hitting 80 during the day, that we've got a longer period of time when the air is cooler than that. And it's getting down in the low 50s or even lower at night. The solar angle doesn't heat the water as much because the sun is in a lower perspective in the sky. So we will see cooling water, even though it's going to be, you know, in the high 80s the next week.
2: Very much so. Yeah, that's that's the thing in the shortening of the days. You know, right now by... Eight o'clock, it's already dark.
1: Yeah, and so you've got a dusk period that you can take advantage of a little sooner, or even a morning period you can get out a little sooner. And so, and the other thing, there's a lot of great fishing. Some of the best fishing of the year is going to come in the next few weeks. Um, You mentioned reaction baits. We've been covering those a lot on the show the last few weeks. In fact, if you go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook... Uh, if you go back and scroll down, my columns, there's links to my columns in the Denver Post. One of them with a good friend of ours, Austin Parr, was on there just about reaction baits. I did one on Mudlines and a lot of the articles over the last few weeks. And they can go to back to this show and you've come on and talked and other people have come on and talked and listen to the podcast. Just go to 104.3thefan.com and then just go to my page and the list and you can keep going back for months to podcast am I'm sure all of you do every day anyway. I don't know uh, what else. Uh,
2: that's what I always do. Yeah, I'll
1: bet. <laughs> but there, so there is some great fishing. We're going to talk a little more fishing later on, but there are some great fishing. You need to get out and take advantage of it. That's a great thing, Brad, this time of the year in Colorado. We've got dove season starts next week. We're already in pronghorn uh, archery season. I believe elk, did elk start this weekend or next? I
2: think elk starts today.
1: Today, elk archery season. Um, the rifle seasons aren't that far off. Muzzle loaders coming up, upland game, uh, you know, quail and pheasants and the waterfall teal, what we're going to talk about waterfall. A lot of people, there's so much to do in Colorado. I don't think they realize what incredible waterfall hunting we have here in Colorado.
2: Oh, that is, that's very true. We are blessed in Colorado. Not only do we have a lot of opportunities and a lot of birds in the area, but we have one of the longest seasons in the country, so the number of days that you're able to go pursue whether it's ducks or geese, um, is is hard to match anywhere else. Teal season starts September 8th, and you know from September through February we've got a regular waterfowl season going on every one of those months, and. That's hard to find anywhere else in the country,
1: right? And we finish up with the conservation season, and Ducks Unlimited is going to join us later. And folks, you're going to find out if you want to get out in the spring and shoot these 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 uh, white geese, they're going to encourage it because they've they've actually overpopulated and they're harming the habitat. Well, we'll talk more with Ducks Unlimited about that when we come. But uh, Colorado has we're part of two flyways, right? We're part of, is it the Central or Rocky Mountain? And we're It's the Pacific, Central and the
2: Pacific Flyway, Pacific and end. it's divided by the continental divide.
1: And and we get, the seasons are a little different, and the birds coming down are going to be a little different. So if you're willing to drive and kind of keep track. Now, we're going to do a, give a lot of pointers on how to get started, waterfall hunting, what you need, where you go, those type of things. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago. You gave a few tips on a few things. Maybe we'll run through that real quick before we end this this segment. But if you're willing to put your research in and find out the places you can go and, and what's available, you can, like you said, almost continuously waterfall hunt for now through through spring if you count the conservation season for the snow geese so it's a great opportunity there's no other hunting season really in the state that has that kind of length to it
2: no there isn't and that's that's one of the things that i loved about waterfowl hunting you know uh, i've got a lot of buddies that are big game hunters and they get to go up for their you know nine day season and and that's their big hunt for the year with waterfowl hunting you know i'm I'm going up nine days a, a month for four months out out chasing the birds. So it's it's a fantastic opportunity. And the nice thing is with the the season being so long, is it gives you a lot of variety. If you're wanting to go out when it's warmer and enjoy that type of weather, you can do that. If you want to be one of the diehard hunters that goes out on the warm water slough during a blizzard and chases birds, we provide that opportunity as well in the state. So that's great, and as you mentioned with the flyways, the other thing we have is each one of the flyways is divided into zones, and the state has done a really good job trying to maximize and put those days in the area or, or the time frame when the most birds are going to be here providing opportunities for the sportsmen of the Colorado.
1: Well, and the other thing is in waterfall hunting, unlike some seasons, like Dove season opens next weekend. We got a couple cold nights. Right now, I talked to Ed Gorman a couple weeks ago, and he said the doves are all over in the northeast. He said, but two cool evenings, even into the high 40s, and those doves are headed to southern Colorado, and all of a sudden they're not there. The, the upland game, uh, it 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 changes during the season, but the birds get harvested and they get spookier as the season goes on. So you change your tactics. Uh, most big game, of course, you know, the the Animals get more aware that they're being hunted. But with ducks and geese, you start out with resident ducks and geese, and then you get different waves of populations that are coming down. So you get fresh birds coming through all the time. In addition to, because of our our mild winter, I'm sure there's resident birds that stay
2: here all year. There are. We've got resident birds that are here all year. But as you say, particularly with the ducks, you know, early in the year, September and October, you're going to see teal coming in. Then once you get to mid-October, you've got kind of those early migrators, the widgeons, the wood ducks, the gadwalls show up. So you have another fresh batch of birds. And the nice thing about fresh birds is they aren't wise to where everyone's hunting. So um, the success rate really jumps every time there's a new batch of birds come in. And then as you get into November, some of the mallards and the divers start moving in. So it, it provides opportunities that each time one of these cold fronts pushes in through the fall, some new birds come in, and the hunting actually increases again.
1: Yeah, I know. It, it's it's, get, it gets refreshed, I guess, would be a way good way to talk about it. Um, the next segment, we're going to be joined by Parks and Wildlife, and they're going to talk. Um, the, Brian Marsh is going to join us, and he's going to talk about a lot of the access. There's a great reservation blind system in Colorado that's free that you can take advantage of and they've put these all over the state. And then he'll tell us about other opportunities. And then we're going to talk to Ducks Unlimited about what they expect. And we're going to get into some shooting uh with Colorado Clays and with Corey. And then we'll get into calling and and some really good tips on just duck hunting with uh with Tim at the end. But before we get, let's take about two or three minutes if if I'm Brand new. I've, I've never hunted Waterfall before. Maybe I've done some upland game. Maybe I've done some small game. Maybe even big game. And all of a sudden, I'm saying, boy, this sounds like a great opportunity. Where do I start? First, I imagine shotgun.
2: Yeah. If you've done some upland game or some trap shooting, you probably already have a shotgun. The big key with uh, migratory birds, waterfowl, is you have to use non-toxic shot. So that's either a steel or a bismuth or a tungsten shot variety. So you're going to need to look at that. That that shot's a little bit more dense, so you want to avoid a gun that has a full choke. Any of the new modern guns usually have a screw-in choke system. But if you have an older gun with a full choke, that's the only thing that would really limit you on picking a shotgun. Then you want to go out and pick up some of the non-toxic shells. I would recommend going to a place like Colorado Clay's and maybe shooting some of the uh, the steel trap loads because they do pattern just a little bit different than lead does. So buy a box or two of those and go shoot them so that you can get adjusted to them to increase your your proficiency and the amount of birds that you're going to harvest. Then there's there's several varieties of duck hunting. You know, there's jump shooting, which basically is just having your gun and a way to retrieve the birds. You're walking along finding the birds and spooking them up with the opportunity to shoot them. Some people enjoy path shooting where you in the state provides a couple opportunities like that, where the birds are flying by and you're taking shots at those. Now my personal preference, and I think most waterfowl hunters who've been at it for a long time, prefer the decoying of them and actually bringing the birds to you. And to start that you can get by pretty simple, a dozen decoys. A lot of people find their first decoys on, Craigslist or Facebook ads, or even at the garage sale, you know, someone down the, the neighborhood has a few extras they're selling. And uh, a way to put it out, some sort of waiters or something like that. I prefer chest waiters, a little camouflage and, and you're ready to go. We'll talk to Tim about calls that that'd be the next step. Yeah. And you can start out without being able to call. Yep. I mean, obviously
1: it's a very enjoyable part of all of the calling sports and hunting, whether it's waterfall, elk, turkey, it brings another level to enjoying the sport because you're interacting with that animal before you harvest it and trying to trick it and all that. So it's a whole different a whole different way. But in any of the hunting too, there's ways to still get out there. You may not have as much success, but you can do some things and learn And get out there. What about hiring a guide? Before we move on, I think that a lot of times, maybe just, I know fishing, if I'm going to fish a new lake, the quickest way for me to learn that lake is to hire a guide on that lake. Even if I've got
2: my own boat and I'm going out later. uh, What about waterfall hunting? Same thing? Yeah, you can learn a lot of stuff from guides. Um, Guides are going to help you with decoy placement, um, when it comes to goose calling, Wind to flag, which is a motion uh, way of attracting the birds and then also calling. So I do a little bit of duck guiding myself. If people are interested, they can contact me at Brad Peterson Outdoors on Facebook. But there's a lot of other good guides along the front range. The one thing I would say about calling that most people have a problem with is they get intimidated by it and they want to sound absolutely perfect before they ever go out and use it. And if you've been out in the the woods, there's times that a real duck will not sound at all like what you think a duck should sound like. So don't be afraid. Go out, enjoy it, and, and try it. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you what, if
1: you had to sound perfect, I never would have been on the radio. <laughs> i tell you what, let's take a time out. We'll be joined by Parks and Wildlife. We'll kick off the next segment. They're going to tell us about the reservation system and all the places there are to hunt right here in Colorado. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3
0: The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s myspecialmortgage.com on the web 303-790-2222 the phone number scl mortgage licensed by the colorado department of regulatory agencies number one two zero zero seven one six
1: terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you in part by sun power sports colorado's largest atv and motorcycle dealer we're talking waterfall hunting. Brad Peterson is in studio with me. We're going out to the phones now. We're going to be joined from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, uh, Brian Marsh. Good morning, Brian.
3: Good morning, Terry. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I know you're probably down in that southeast area. What's the weather like?
3: Uh, it's still pretty warm, but the mornings and evenings are definitely getting cooler, so it's it's getting nice and exciting for a great time of year.
1: Well, we were, I know we're going to talk waterfall, but... John Martin, down where you are, has come on with the water they were able to put in. as just a premier fishery, and I think this fall it's going to be incredible.
3: Uh, I tell you, they've been catching a lot of fish out of there, a lot of white bass, wiper, and some really nice saw guy up to 25, 26 inches.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tremendous fishery. It's a little bit of a drive, but, boy, is it worth it. But we're talking waterfall today, Brian, and I know not only are you a, a wildlife manager, but you're an avid hunter yourself. And we uh, earlier in the before you came on, Brad Peterson and I were talking about the fact that you start with teal season, and every month through February, We've got waterfowl hunting. It's probably the longest hunting opportunity in Colorado and yet it refreshes all the time with new birds coming through and different birds available and the state has really gone out of their way to provide opportunities to take advantage of that, haven't they?
3: Yep, there's definitely a whole bunch of different opportunities available and i mean you look at the different season dates you can hunt from pretty much september through april even for the snow geese conservation season so there's definitely a lot of opportunities out there and not to mention just the opportunities just the diversity too i mean we have a ton of different types of habitats on the wildlife areas as well as state parks you can hunt everything from you know the wetland pothole type areas to big reservoirs for divers you can hunt the rivers and the river bottoms um, as well as big fields there's a lot of corn fields around wheat fields things like that you can hunt as well and even on some of these areas they even have flooded timber kind of similar to arkansas and down south where they do a lot of that type of hunting
1: yeah brad was saying that brad like you said you could do jump shooting or virtually approach it any way you want right
3: yeah
2: and brian's right the state does a tremendous job providing a diversity of opportunities for the waterfowl hunters in Colorado. Tell us now there's
1: a blind system a reservation system to go out and use different types of properties that you know for you know you obviously you mentioned cornfields you can go talk to farmers you can get some private land maybe maybe uh, get on there's some walk-in access I think that even has some ducks on it but I don't know if there's very much of that and you can get Uh, you can get access by talking to people. There's a lot of state wildlife and state park areas where you can just show up and kind of get there early and take your place. But there's a lot of areas that are on a reservation system. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, we have a reservation system, and it's predominantly for the Pacific Flyway as well as the northeast part of the state. Um, And basically what it is, it's on um, some state wildlife areas and state parks during the regular duck seasons. And it's basically geared towards waterfowl, although there are numerous small game opportunities for quail and pheasant and things like that as well. Um, But basically, it's kind of designed to um, give hunters an opportunity to have a little more quality of a hunt. They don't have the pressure that a lot of the other wildlife areas have. And they kind of have their own chunk of river. It might be a field or a lakefront where they don't have to worry about other hunters kind of coming in and pressuring them. Um basically what you do, you, you have to call in. They have um, two different numbers, one for the Central Flyway and one for the Pacific Flyway. Um, but you can basically call in up to 14 days in advance. And what I recommend people do is definitely call in um, the 14 days in advance. Um, the phone line's open 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. And be ready to go when you call in. Um, sometimes it can be a little tough to get through. But it just takes a little persistence, and um, once you get through, it's definitely worth it for the hunt. Um, Again, it's a free system. You don't have to pay for anything um, with it. Um, But it's basically up to four hunters can be on a reservation. And what what you're going to need, you're going to need your customer ID number as well as your vehicle license plate for the vehicle you'll be hunting out of. And then you'll need a list of the properties and the different zones on each property that you're trying to hunt. Um, I tell people definitely have a couple backup plans for it in case the area you want is booked. Um, Sometimes they do book up pretty quick, so having um, some different areas in mind is definitely a good way to do it. Um, You also will need the dates that you want to hunt. You can only make one hunt reservation for one date per phone call. Um, So usually having some different dates in mind too will um, oftentimes allow you to get a reservation um but you need to call to reserve an area before noon on the friday before your hunt so if you're hunting today you would have had to call by noon yesterday to try to get a reservation um if you do have to cancel um, we do allow people to make cancellations but they also have to be made before noon the day before your hunt um if you don't cancel it don't show up to hunt you could lose your ability to make reservations in the future Um, and then as far as the properties go um, the list of properties is available on the parks and wildlife website as well as in the small game waterfowl brochure Um, there's roughly about 10 properties on the uh, uh, central flyway and then about eight properties i believe on the pacific flyway um, that are open for reservations and usually what i recommend is people do a little research um, go to each property they have their own specific regulations some have a check-in procedure some have a check-out procedure it just kind of varies from property to property um they also have really good maps of the areas of the different zones that are available to um reserve there's some areas like centennial valley for instance where you've got four zones on the river and then three away from the river which are predominantly on um fields so it kind of depends what kind of hunt you want to do as to where you where you want to try to get an area reserved.
1: Now, when you say there's 10, like 18 properties, but each of those properties has probably more than one opportunity, more than one blind or one location, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. So you look at a place like Tamarack, that um, that's another one that has reservations available. Um, they've got up to, I think, over 30, 30 to 40, I don't know for sure, but there's, Definitely, a lot of different options to reserve areas there to hunt. I know the west side; I think has up to twenty-five different zones or blinds you can get, and then the east side has a bunch as well.
1: And so, so and, and and those blinds, you know, This is such a great resource because, uh, and uh, a lot of people, especially starting out, wouldn't even know where to go to set up. And Brad, if you've hunted some of these blinds, are you know, are they in choice locations?
2: Well, a lot of them. They may not have blinds, but they give you a a pond that is yours that no one else can hunt. And they are in great locations. These are some of the the prime waterfowl properties. And there's one of the things I love about the reservation system is once you have the reservation, you don't have to be there at 2 o'clock in the morning to get a spot you can show up at a, at a reasonable hour of maybe 5 a.m. and still get out and have a good hunt. Some
1: I, of us don't think 5 a.m. is reasonable. Either, well, so. it's
2: a lot more reasonable than 2 a.m. <laughs> is. Um, yep. One other thing I would mention is that a lot of these are seasonal wetlands that are filled with irrigation water or, or water rights. So sometimes the ponds don't fill up at the same time, and the state does have information on their website And the people taking the reservations usually have updated information on which units have water. So make sure when you do call in that you check to make sure that the unit you're looking for actually has water because nothing will ruin a good duck hunt like showing up there at 5 o'clock in the morning to find out that uh, your pond is dry. Well, Brian, you and I kind of talked
1: about this when we were talking a few days ago, and you really believe that even though this is this great reservation reservation system, it's still very incumbent on the hunter if they want to be successful to do some homework.
3: Yeah, it's definitely important for them to do their research. Um, I've actually found some really good spots as they were all the way down to about Plan G or um, even M&N at that point for me, and just weren't weren't able to get the spots I wanted and ended up having to go with a different one. And They turned out to be great hunting areas, even better than the ones I was looking at originally. Um, one thing too with the reservation system that's kind of nice, it limits a lot of the pressure on some of the areas to where they're only open for hunting on Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays and, um, holidays. So that kind of gives the waterfowl a nice resting period, too, and just helps hold them in an area to where hunters won't blow them out so quick.
1: No, I, I know you're absolutely right. Now, we've got uh, Kirk from Ducks on Limit is going to join us in a minute, but I'm going to, we actually should be out of time, but I want to keep you on for just a couple more minutes. And I want to talk, if you don't get on the reservation system, you and I talk. there's still a lot of other opportunities to hunt waterfowl, isn't there?
0: Oh, yeah.
3: There's wildlife areas up and down the Platte River, um, up and down the Arkansas River. Um, One thing down where I'm at that's really nice now is that we have water. Um, Queens Reservoirs, uh, Ninoshi, Nagranda, a lot of them reservoirs um, have water now that's really going to hold a lot of birds this fall. So um, just a lot of other great opportunities. You don't need a reservation to hunt there um but it just gives people a lot of opportunities i mean you can go hunt up in south park at some of the lakes up there up in north park um, just a lot of great opportunities and you know one thing i really love about hunting up there is just the views because you can hunt flooded timber in arkansas it's great but you definitely don't have the mountain backdrop that you do here in colorado
1: we got to let you go but last question you a duck or goose guy or
3: both um, both. I've been more successful at ducks, but I definitely like hunting both of them. They're two of my favorite favorite things to hunt. So.
1: You can tell you're enthusiastic about it. Brian, thanks for coming on and sharing that with us.
3: Yep, not a problem. Take care, Terry.
1: But that's Brian from down in the southeast Parks and Wilds. If you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're talking waterfall hunting. Brad Peterson is in studio with me, and we're going out to the phones now, where we're joined by Kirk Davidson from Ducks Unlimited. Good morning, Kirk.
0: Hey, good morning, Terry. Good morning, Brad. Good morning.
1: How are you? Are you down in the southwest part of the state now? Is that where where you live?
0: No, I was was raised in the southeast part where you were uh, down in uh, La Honta, Los Angeles. Oh, okay, yeah. Down by John Martin Reservoir, but I'm living up here now in Lone Tree.
1: Okay. Well, let me, we're going to, we've been talking duck hunting and goose hunting and uh, waterfall hunting and the opportunities, but I'll tell you what, the incredible hunting in the United States for waterfall wouldn't exist. It wasn't for Ducks Unlimited, which I look at as one of the long-term most successful conservation efforts in in wildlife history in the United States. Uh, Tell people just really quickly about Ducks Unlimited. Give us the Reader's Digest version for somebody who doesn't know.
0: Uh, Terry thanks for those nice words Ducks Unlimited probably one of the oldest conservation organizations 1937 we were formed and it's just all about uh, pre- preserving conserving managing our nation's wetlands those wetlands out there those those wetlands that are seasonal they're they're full hopefully in the spring for for the waterfowl they dry up uh, but they return full again in the spring for the mating time, and that's that's what we're about is is preserving those wetlands and all the benefits that those wetlands do. And yes, uh, it's for keeping strong numbers of, of waterfowl, which we're seeing still record numbers today.
1: Now, I've always and I made this comment to Brad earlier. If I'm getting into a new outdoor. Uh, Activity, one that I've maybe dabbled in but haven't really concentrated on one of the most one of the best ways to accelerate your learning curve is the affinity groups because you get camaraderie, you get people with tips, you go to meetings. Will I find that at ducks unlimited
0: absolutely that that's the right answer that that is the right answer. Get on a ducks unlimited committee. And you're going to find people just like you who love to get out there after the waterfowl. Yeah, we also like to hunt big game. We like to hunt it all. But join a Ducks Unlimited organization. There's, there's seven or eight of them just in the Denver area alone. You know, each little area, Highlands Ranch, Golden, Northwest Metro, there's chapters there, and and get on, you know, just go on the on the page uh, d- ducks. org, and you'll find Colorado there. You'll see the chapters. You'll see Sam Gluck's name. He's our recruiting chair. Get involved, and it's going to be folks just like you who love uh, love hunting waterfowl, and and there's a lot of good tips. There's a lot of good public access here in Colorado, and the Ducks is all a part of that. Ducks Unlimited, and Get on an organization, join a committee, and, and you won't regret it, and you'll find the opportunities to hunt waterfowl.
2: And for those people who don't have enough time to actually commit to a committee, you've got a lot of banquets and other fundraising opportunities where maybe it's one night uh, a, a month or, or, or just uh, a couple hours in an evening that they can go mingle with a bunch of other sportsmen, get to meet a couple of these people. And would they go to that same website to figure out when the banquets and other fundraising events are coming up?
0: Terry, good. You bet. Just it lists Colorado. It lists the events in your area. We just had a, a great one down in Douglas County, the Castle Rock area. The number one event du event in the nation. And, and you got to understand, Terry. There's there's forty five four thousand five hundred events held throughout the nation. Dinner banquets. The number one event for the past three years has been the Downtown Denver uh, Chapter Banquet. That will be held on October 25th out at the Stock Show Complex. A great uh, waterfowler named Pete Coors will be the host there. And that's one to do not miss. It's one of a kind. The hunts that are available, the excitement and I would encourage a lot of folks to come out to that. It's going to sell out. We'll get about 6, 700 folks. But that's one to attend and it's right on the website there ducks.org and 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 if you don't like that one which you well, I mean there's they're they're all over the, the state from Yuma to Fort Morgan to to Durango, everywhere you'll find a ducks unlimited banquet to attend.
1: Kirk, um I want to move on in a minute to Uh, what the state of ducks and geese are right now and especially in Colorado but before we even do that tell people when you join Ducks Unlimited some of the local effects the money that goes into the organization has done right here in Colorado.
0: We've got uh, the money that we raise at banquet of course goes back to our national organization where it's distributed out to Ducks Unlimited's highest priority needs and, folks, if we want a lot of ducks in Colorado, we got to do some investment up in the prairie potholes because that's where they all come from. We're managing an intercontinental product. It comes from the, the southern provinces of Canada all the way down to Mexico, stops here in Colorado. And so we'll invest up there. But a lot of folks like to restrict their money. And now we're getting into individual donations, and they can restrict their gifts to certain areas like Colorado, where we take it, we go out and protect, uh, buy lands, actually buy them, put easements on them, turn them over to the state, and that becomes public access. And there's a lot of areas that are have been brought to you courtesy of Ducks Unlimited.
1: So let's go real quick because we're going to run out of time here. I know that um, because of the dry weather, the population of ducks overall is down a little bit, but still way above the historic average. Why don't you kind of tell us the state of ducks and geese on an overall basis and what we can look forward to this season in Colorado?
0: And, Terry, you're, you're not going to see a change. Terry, you're absolutely right. When we're managing, when when our, our great wildlife agencies are managing these large numbers, you're talking 41, 42 million uh, ducks up there you're going to have highs and lows and and there was a lot of drought up there and they need the water up there for the breeding season and it wasn't there in a lot of the critical areas and yes the populations are down overall they're down about 17 uh 13 excuse me but you're talking you know 41.2 million that were surveyed this year to to, to compared to 47.3 last year we're not as a hunter here you're not going to see any changes As far as the geese go, you know, the snow geese are out of sight. Uh, It's actually a problem with their overpopulation. Canada geese are strong. But ducks are strong as ever. Our great managers, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Ducks Unlimited, they're doing a great job. And they established long-range population goals that they want to have. And we're still, even with this downturn, we're still 17% above that level, that 40 million mark. We're still above that so hunters aren't going to see any changes it's all about weather if we get the right weather in here we'll have the birds we'll keep the birds and hopefully we'll just have those little series of 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 smaller fronts that push new birds in and and others out not one big blast that uh, sends them through here a lot of times
1: have you seen a pretty good increase in resident birds in colorado over the last decade or so
0: Probably on the Canada geese, absolutely. Uh, I'd have to defer to our our CPW, do, do the counts on what the resident ducks would be. But, you know, some of those breeding grounds up in North Park are just awesome. I mean, they rival the prairie potholes, but they're a small footprint compared to what the prairie potholes, you know, the millions of acres up there instead of the 1,000 acres here. But then again, Ducks Unlimited is doing a lot of work up in North Park, preserving some of that breeding ground, and, and, yeah, they when you see some of the band returns, there's a lot that are banded up there in the North Park. So I'm just going to assume that those populations continue to grow, the resident ones, Terry.
1: Are you, last question, are you a duck or a goose guy?
0: I love them both. Cup greenheads on the Arkansas River below John Martin, that's my passion. But likewise, growing up out there around the Queens areas with big spreads for those lesser geese, which have now kind of moved out of our state. Uh, I love it all, but uh, I'll take either one, but probably those cupped greenheads down on the Arkansas River, Terry.
1: All right, Kirk, thank you, and uh, give that website one more time for Ducks Unlimited.
0: Just type in ducks.org, and it'll come up, and then hit Colorado, and you'll see everything you want to know about it.
1: All right, thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks, Terry. See you, Brad.
1: You bet. See oh, yeah. Terry Wicksham Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Uh, Brad Peterson is in studio with me and joining us on the phone from Sun Power Sports is Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark.
4: Hey, good morning, guys.
1: Hey, you know, we've been talking uh, this time of the year, Mark, is just crazy. There's so much to do in Colorado outdoors. Just, I mean, no matter what you love to do, And ATVs and side-by-sides can come into play on a lot. We're we're going to be talking a lot of hunting. We're talking waterfall today. We've got big game hunting. We've got upland game hunting coming up. And uh, ATVs can play a part. Brad, you were telling me earlier that one of the places where a side-by-side might come into play, a lot of the goose hunting is on private land.
2: Yeah, a lot of it's on private land. And you may have permission where you're only getting on that field a couple times a year. And using a a side-by-side or a UTV is a great opportunity way to get in, haul your equipment in, and have the least amount of impact as possible on that landowner, which they're going to appreciate, and more than likely, you know, it's going to improve your chances of getting on that property to hunt in the future. And, Mark, whether it's an ATV or a
1: side-by-side or whatever, you really just have the inventory to meet everybody's needs at Sun, don't you?
4: Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it, guys. It's a a super exciting time of the year right now. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and, uh, you know, the hunting season stuff started, and Ron actually just took off to leave to to head up to his place to do some hunting. So, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, ATV side-by-side, it sure helps out, that's for sure.
1: What are some of the models I might look at? Let's go through a few. First, let's go through a side-by-side or something similar that maybe I have, you know, capacity to haul a bunch of decoys and some equipment in. What are some of the things you offer?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on the side-by-side stuff, you know, I'll tell you, the side-by-side market has grown so much, guys. It's just incredible, you know. I mean, right now what we've got going on with that is, is, is you know, really the options are really coming into play, you know, nowadays. It used to be the side-by-sides were just your basic side-by-side, and now, you know, they're catering them to, you know, whatever your specific need is. You know, one of the really hot models out that's just come out is the Polaris North Star Edition Ranger. Um, that machine is fully cabbed from the factory. It comes with heat and air conditioning. Um, it's just something else. It really, really is. So you know, I mean, we tailor you know the ATVs um, and, and the side by sides, both you know, also you know from the factory, but also you know here at the dealership, you know, we set them up how how you need them and and uh, you know with the options that you need for for whatever you're doing with the machine.
1: And one with all of the other hunting coming up too, the big game people are going to be headed up into the hills. They may need to get further up than they can get with a full size vehicle. Uh, of course, we want them to stay on the trails, but then they may have an elk or uh, some other large animal to haul out. Hopefully Nate will be hauling out a sheep. We'll find out here soon, I hope. But what can you do there? I mean, you can really... Uh, the one thing that I always... You make me drool when I hear about it, are the the heated handle grips.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know the the ATV stuff. You know a lot of a lot of the the factories and the OEMs are coming out with what, what they they tag as hunters editions, and um, you know they're really nice. You know the ATV stuff comes with heated hand grips, comes with heated thumb warmer, comes with a winch. You know comes with storage. You know for the hunter, uh, comes with a gun scabbard stock. You know so they're really really ta- tailored. You know to the to the hunter and and uh, the outdoorsman.
1: You know, when you mentioned a winch, if somebody is buying a new ATV for hunting, boy, is that a number one accessory. If you already have an ATV and you don't have a winch, I don't know how many times I've seen somebody get in trouble on a trail, an icy patch, a muddy patch, slide off. Brad, you're grinning over there.
2: I can't tell you how many times I've had to get out in the mud and push an ATV out that got stuck from Someone else driving it in there, and it it never happens on an 80-degree, nice, sunny day. It happens when it's 20 degrees out and the wind's blowing. So if somebody's buying a new one or if they have an existing one,
1: you've got a probably a pretty good selection of winches there.
4: Oh yeah, definitely. We can we can outfit uh, you know pretty much any machine with a winch for sure. and It's uh, it's funny, I got to giggle at the whole deal because it's so true. I get asked that question every day here. You know, Mark, do you think we need a winch? I say, well, you, <laughs> you may not, but right up until you need one, and then trust me, you're glad you got one. Yeah, it's one of
1: those. It's, it's like Karen used to say about a parachute. She goes, you'll probably never need one, but if you don't have it, you'll probably never need one again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, you know, what, before we run out of time, too, we got another of Event coming up, I want to make sure we mention. People need to go to the Facebook page at Sun and to my Facebook page Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and watch the videos from Nate and I. And uh, this is the last week to sign up for this great ice fishing trip.
4: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, like you said, you can go to Sun Enterprises Facebook page or yours or I, uh, you know, your Facebook page as well and sign up for the trip. It's going to be it's going to be a great time. We we always have such a great time, and you know, um, it's just such an experience going with you and Nate. And you know, uh, I don't care what level fisherman you are, you always learn something on one of those trips. And you know, nonetheless, we have a good time, and that's that's a fact for sure. So well, they
1: can register by stopping by the store too.
4: Yeah, they can. You know, definitely, you can come by the dealership as well and, and sign up here um you know we're on the facebook page whatever's more convenient so yeah absolutely tell them how they find you if they
1: want to come by mark
4: yeah absolutely we're in thornton so you just take i-25 to the 84th avenue exit uh east two blocks to pearl and just come up pearl. we're about 89th and pearl and thornton
1: all right, my friend, any last minute sales or anything you want to mention? Nope, just
4: come on down. You know, we'd love to see you guys. No high pressure here. Just come down and see what's going on. We'll show you what the new stuff is and uh, you know, that's really it.
1: Get them all outfitted for the hunting season and I could get You know, I got a feeling we might get some snow this year. It wouldn't hurt to get a plow either. Yeah, no (laughs) doubt
4: about it. We're already already out and fitting units with plows now.
1: All right, Mark. Thanks a lot. Have a great rest of the weekend. Thank you, guys. Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.